Hello, I'm Ben Padgett, a retired elder in the North Alabama Conference. I've chosen to speak on praying in tongues, and it may be helpful to know a little about my background and how I came to an experience of praying in tongues. My childhood and teenage religious background is First Methodist Churches. These were churches that had an order of worship that when anyone made any change, there was a crisis. Everything followed the same order every Sunday. It was easy to know when to sit and stand and when to sing and what to sing. Everybody knew when and how to pray the Lord's Prayer and say the Apostles' Creed. The worship was what many would call formal because the liturgy and the congregation were so predictable. That predictability was the way worship was supposed to be as far as I was concerned. During my college and seminary years, a new charismatic movement developed in the church. It actually may not have been something that was all that new, but it was new to me. The worship was louder, faster, longer, and very discomforting to me. It was not as smooth and orderly. My observation was that you were either charismatic or you were out and not considered a real Christian. Well, I fought against that charismatic movement as hard as I could. That was the background synopsis. One Saturday morning, while visiting my hometown, riding around, I passed in front of a church that had not been there when I was a teenager. In fact, it was on the spot that was a favorite parking place of mine during high school. As I parked at the church and just looked at it, there was an unusually strong feeling. Ben, I want you to attend this church tomorrow. Though I didn't hear a voice, it was if I had. So the next morning, I went to the church, was about five minutes late, and thought about skipping church. The same strong feeling came into awareness, so I went inside. I was not greeted by ushers or guided to a seat. There were no pews, just folding chairs. I was not provided a bulletin or order of worship. In fact, I was greeted by a band playing an unfamiliar hymn, the lyrics projected on a large screen hanging from the ceiling, and people standing with arms held high, all swaying to the music beat. I started to leave, but that deep feeling returned. So I watched and picked out a cushioned chair in the last row. There was not just a hymn, but four, five, or six hymns. That was after I went inside. I don't know how many they had already sung, and a rather loud band. A young evangelist from Mississippi was preaching that morning, and he did an outstanding job. He took his own charismatic movement to task for its judgmentalness. 
other than being much longer than a good Methodist sermon, it was a work of art, and I'm convinced, inspired by the Lord's Spirit. Following the service, the evangelist did some faith healing and then asked me to come down front. Though deeply hesitant, I responded to his invitation partially to see what it was all about. And though for another time, my experience that morning was called, according to a member of the church, slain in the spirit. It was an extremely powerful experience, life-changing. Following my experience that I still did not understand, it was announced that there would be lessons on speaking in tongues given that evening. I had no idea that there was any such thing as lessons on speaking in tongues. And even though quite skeptical, I could not miss that event, even though I didn't grasp what had happened to me. When I was a college student attending annual conference, we would often have groups that would gather in a room and pray for hours. Sometimes the prayers would be rather loud. However, they were always in English and everyone could understand the words of the prayers even as those listening would often make some sound of approval. What would speaking in tongues be like? What would it mean? Was it okay? The evening began with the evangelist providing some scriptural foundation for what we were doing, followed by his praying with words that we could understand for the Spirit to be with us and to guide us in our venture. And then we all stood, keeping an arm space between each of us in all directions. We wiggled around just enough to discover a comfortable standing space and style. Then we were instructed to close our eyes, stand still, and be silent for a considerable time. I don't know how long, but for a Methodist it seemed forever. We were instructed to turn our palms upward or to lift our hands upward, whichever we felt best for ourselves. I turned my palms upward even though I thought about raising my arms, there was just no way I could allow myself to do it. More silence, more what the Buddhists call monkey brain, where thoughts and sounds, even slight sounds, break through the silence into one's awareness. Thoughts such as, what's really going on? How long will this last? We've just started and I'm tired. I wonder if everyone has their eyes closed. Then the instructor said, make a sound. Naturally, I waited till I heard others because I wasn't sure what he meant and I didn't want to do anything wrong and I was afraid I would embarrass myself. After hearing a number of sounds, all different, I made a short, rather timid moan. This was followed by more silence. 
make a sound, we were instructed. This time, the sound that came out of my mouth was less planned and a little stronger. I don't remember what it was, only that it seemed more spontaneous and a little louder. More silence. Make a sound. Again, we were instructed. I'm not sure how many times we were instructed to make a sound, but it was for most of the time we were gathered. I would guess about half an hour was used in the evangelist instructing us to move from silence to make a sound and return to silence. Each time for me, the sound seemed freer from thought and wondering what all of this meant. Monkey brain was intruding far less even though it was still present. It was like a sound being just showing up and announcing itself. Open your eyes, shake your body a little. Once again, take a prayer stance. Having a prayer stance was new to me also since the praying I was accustomed to was sitting in a pew. Close your eyes, lift your palms, pray to God without using words. Pray without using words was brand new to me and seemed rather far-fetched in some manner. However, I was there to learn and so I committed to follow the instructions. In the darkness of shut eyes and the sounds coming from those who, I suppose, knew what they were doing, I was quiet and hesitant. After some amount of time, I think seconds, a sound came through my lips and it surprised me. I quietened myself and consciously looked inward and it did not take much until I felt I was the only person in the room and sounds began to roll off my tongue. Some of the sounds were rather gruff, some moans, some joyful, but none of them had any kind of order to them. It was like my sounds were speaking a language that I did not understand and that I did not have to understand. The sounds and whatever they were saying came from the depths of my soul. My body went from tense to relaxed, followed by a sense of excitement. I had spoken in tongues, I had prayed in tongues. We did not have anyone attempt to interpret for any of us, and so I had no idea what I'd said, but I felt certain that the Lord's Spirit understood and that I had spoken what I needed to speak. Many years later, our second trip to Ireland, on Sunday morning we attended Mass in a small Roman Catholic church where the service was in Gaelic. Neither Carol nor I understood a single word of the service. However, we knew God was present, and we knew that we had worshipped. That's the way I understand praying in tongues without having to know or understand what is said. It is given into the Lord's hands. 
One of the ways I'm convinced that I was praying in tongues has to be the change in my perspective of the charismatic movement. Even though there is much I disagree about it, the Spirit is at work in ways that I don't grasp or even need to grasp. It is another form of praying to open ourselves to the Spirit's way without having to be in control. Have I practiced this over the years since the experience above? Yes and no. I have not gone through the process of silence, make a sound, silence, make a sound like we did that evening. And even though I have my share of struggle with prayer of any type, there are those times when I am praying, such as asking for God's help, for guidance on how to respond to all the violence in our nation and the world and all the suffering due to the violence. There are times when sounds rather than words come through. I don't make any attempt to understand the sounds, but continue to trust that they are part of the Lord's transformation of my life and of God hearing my prayers that are even deeper than I can find words to speak. Do I think all prayers should be that of speaking in tongues? No. Do I hesitate to allow sounds rather than words roll out when I pray? No, I have come to believe that the Spirit listens and knows beyond anything we can think or ask for. Sounds or words or a mixture of both seem okay ways of praying to me. I'd like to know your experience in praying, whether in tongues or words that you understand. Perhaps I should provide you with the experience of praying in tongues. However, as I think about this, it would probably be more an entertainment than an actual event of prayer. I think it would be more authentic if you used silence, make a sound a number of times, and see what happens. And then you can share that with us.